Good morning. Welcome to the, you are in the Cone Zone. That's Lowell Cone. I'm Grant Cone. We are the stewards of the zone of Cone. Dad, how are you? <laughs> well, I got my COVID uh, booster last night. Whoa! Um, Grant drove me over for it. My left arm, it feels like someone dropped a safe on it. And I'm, I'm kind of tired. So if I'm not my usual um, sprightly self, please uh, give me a break because I'm fighting that COVID booster. Otherwise, I'm great. Yeah, me too. Uh, today's show is called The Ultimate Test for quarterback uh, for Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan. They've had an A-plus start to the season, but they yeah. haven't really had a test yet. We thought the Cowboys would be the midterm. They weren't. That was a team that lost to the Cardinals. So we'll get to the test for them. But first, we're going to not be skeptical of this 5-0 and start. We're going to really praise it and give out some awards, starting with the defense. Dad, who is the MVP of this defense so far? Iggy, I think it's obvious. It's number 54, Fred I Warner. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, may I give you a few reasons why I think he is? Yes. He is involved in so many plays. You yeah. can't. You you can't see a play and he's not in it. He's either tackling a running back. He's in pass coverage, breaking up passes. Intercepting them. Intercepting them. Forcing fumbles. Yes. Punching the ball out. Iggy, I think if if he were to continue like this, this is a Hall of Fame player. Would you agree? Uh, I would say so. Yes. Uh, He has more sacks this season than Nick Bosa. It, well, yeah, it's interesting. Well, first of all, do you agree that he's the MVP of the defense? I absolutely agree. I think it's like a no doubt about it, no brainer, hands down type deal. Fred Warner, best player in the defense, okay. the leader, the best player. Right, and doesn't he call also call the defenses? He calls he's the defenses. Like, yes. Yeah, he's so now he doesn't make as much money as Bosa. Mm-hmm. Bosa is more famous around America than Warner, but mm-hmm. why? Are, are we giving this award after five games, you know, strangely, to to uh, Warner and not uh, Bosa? Well, Bosa hasn't really made a huge impact on this team yet. He's still a very good player, but Fred Warner's involved in more plays. He has it, it just has better numbers. Um, I don't know. Like, I think he's just as good of a player as Bosa. Some people feel Bosa plays a more important position because he's an edge rusher and he sacks the quarterback, but Fred Warner has more sacks than. Nick Bosa. I don't know. I think what Fred Warner does in coverage and against the run and as a pass rusher is more impactful. Yeah, I I think he has, through five games, has had a larger impact on games than Bosa. I I do. He has as well. And there's another thing I'd like to say. uh, I'd like to say about him. Again, I don't know these players. I mean, I don't go there anymore. But I do know Tom Homo, who's the. athletic director BYU. I mean, I know him because he played for the, for the Niners. He was a coach um, at Stanford. He was the head coach at Berkeley. He didn't do a very good job. And he is, as you know, Grant, one of the most reliable, steady, wonderful people in the world, Tommy Homo. Mm -hmm. And he really endorses Warner. He thinks he's a great, I mean, he knew him when he played at, at BYU Warner and he thinks he's just in terms of what they call character uh, a character guy does he strike you that way as well absolutely yes I mean he's like 
he talks like he's Robert Sala, like he's Robert Sala Jr. Okay. And Robert Sala, I mean, he's he's very um, cognizant of how he talks. He doesn't boast. He's kind of um, tries to present himself as humble and yeah, respectful. That's Fred Warner. He's a very mature voice of the team. Yes, <laughs> and it's interesting. We we talked about Yushek being the voice of the team. Actually, this player deserves it more. He's mm -hmm. every bit as articulate, and he's more important to the team than Yushek. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so we, we agree. agree. Okay. We agree. Uh, offensive um, MVP. I don't think we're going to agree on this. I'll mm -hmm. go first. Mm -hmm. The quarterback, Purdy. Uh, I, I, I give him... Uh, let's, since I don't think you're going to agree, let's do our reasons a little later. First, you tell sure. who you think yours is. Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Yeah. Um, boy, I, I could, I could make a case for, for McCaffrey. May I make my case for the quarterback first? Please do. Okay. Um, first of all, I think quarterback is a more important position than running back. No question. No question. No question. This kid, um, first, we didn't know who he was. Then we thought, oh, maybe he's a stopgap. And then we thought he's a game manager, which is always a put down, a game manager. Mm -hmm. He's not a game manager. He's a game winner. This mm -hmm. kid is a winner. Um, mm -hmm. uh, he may not have certain physical gifts, but he has a lot of physical gifts. And in the mm -hmm. short and medium range, his passes are on the money. I mean, so I would also say this, if they didn't have him, they would not, they would not be five and oh, hmm. I don't know what they would be, but if they had Jimmy, let's say mm -hmm. they would have or lost Sam some Donald. games or, Trey or Lance. Sam Darnold or Trey Lance. Th yeah. There would have been picks. There would have been chaos. This kid is so brilliant. He's, mm -hmm. he's a football savant. So he I'm is. saying they're not five and oh without him. He's an underrated quarterback. He might even be one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league right now. And I, I don't think they'd be anywhere near where they are without him. So that's my case for Brock Purdy. You made a really good case, Dad. It's going to be tough for me to counter it. Let me do my best. Okay. Uh, Brock Purdy's playing great. When teams prepare to stop the Niners, I believe the defensive coordinator tells his guys, we are not going to let Christian McCaffrey beat us this week. Whether or not they can stop him is what, but that's what the Cowboys said last week. We were going to swarm Christian. They said it on, on the record. We're going to swarm McCaffrey. We're not going to let him beat us. And when you have, when you sell out to stop one player, I think it helps everyone else. So it helps Purdy, Ayuk, Debo, all of them. I think that is the number one threat that people are worried about in the offense. And it's like, He's so good. He affects every play, not just the run plays, the pass plays too. He's just checking the ball down to Christian McCaffrey always is a great decision and makes you look really smart. Um, and if you look at it this way too, how many other teams would Christian McCaffrey start for? Most of them. Most of them. Yes. Yeah. How many other teams would Brock Purdy start for? I don't know. He's a great fit for the 49ers. But if you put him on another team with another supporting cast and another system, like the Rams, if, he had, if the Rams had him, would they start him over Stafford? Maybe. I don't know. If the Seahawks had him, would they start him over Geno? Maybe. I don't know. Or Maybe it's just that he's perfect fit for the Niners system. I think Christian McCaffrey fits anything. 
I, I agree with, I love what you're saying. I, I agree with that. Um, also, if you imagine Purdy on other teams, Seattle or the Rams, would he do as well? Not only would he start over their quarterbacks, would he do as well? And I think you could make a case he would not do as well on those teams right. because yeah. those teams are not as good and, and frankly, are at this point, are not as well coached. So, yeah. I, but I, I th- you said MVP, not the best player. The best player on the Niners' offense is Trent Williams. Yes, I, uh, MVP. I did. Yeah. I think we can reach a, a compromise uh, conclusion. Mm-hmm. The Niners need them both. I think they need them both. They're a battery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think they, they need they're a combo. Is that fair? Is that fair? Yeah, because before they had either one of them, the offense was inconsistent at best. Ever yeah. since they've had McCaffrey and Purdy, they pretty much don't lose and score 30-plus points every game. So I, we don't really know what this team would look like without either one of them. If they had to have Darnold in there, even with McCaffrey, it's dicey. And then if you if they had to have Jordan Mason in there starting instead of Christian McCaffrey, the offense changes completely. So it's both. Yes. How would it change the offense if it were Mason? Well, Mason's good, but he's not as fast as McCaffrey. So all those outside runs wouldn't really be there anymore. It'd be much more between the tackles. Got it. And then all the all the different ways you can use McCaffrey as a receiver, you can still throw the ball to Mason, but he, he can't line up in the slot or play wide receiver. It, it would just be much more limited what you could do at the running back spot. Got more it. More of a rotation. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love this topic, and, and we had a, a, a compromise uh, answer. You need them both. Okay. Uh, bonus topic. If you couldn't pick Brock or McCaffrey, the runner-up, who would it be? Third place. M- MVP on the offense? Third place. Oh. It's a good offense. Ayuk. Ayuk. I agree. He's, just been, he's been – he's taken his game to another level this year, Dad. <laughs> yeah, we ought to do a list of all the uh, cliches. 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 Took it to yeah. another level. Took it to another level. Um, yeah. uh, he is a – a potentially great wide receiver. He may even be a great wide receiver now. He's fast. He runs great routes, and he's courageous. He doesn't. He's not scared to go over the middle. We know some very famous uh, wide receivers who didn't like to go over the middle. And, and he's not a diva. Uh, not a diva. No, he, not he a doesn't. Diva. He doesn't look for publicity. Um, uh-huh. He's my impression is he's actually kind of quiet. Yeah. I think he's the best wide receiver the Niners have had in a very, 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 very long time. Like even T- Terrell Owens, that guy dropped so many passes. He was yeah. a complete diva. He was not a team player. Um, he's better than Michael Crabtree ever was. I think he's better than Bolden was. I think he's better than Debo. Debo is great with the ball in his hands. The best. But when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, as JTO Sullivan has pointed out, he doesn't always block hard, run hard. Ayuk does. Ayuk's a great blocker. Um, everything about him is top notch. I'd have to give Ayuk might be their best wide receiver since Jerry Rice. Wow, I'm not I, arguing. I, I'm lower on To than most people. I feel like a lot of people like history kind of um, glossed over what he did to teams, and there's a reason why he was on so many teams in his prime. Yeah, you anyway. have to understand. I covered him. I what covered To. Um, I thought he was a virus on the team. Yeah. Uh, on He went after Jeff Garcia publicly. He would get so up times. on the podium after the game and go, go after Garcia. 
um, he he wanted Rattray to be the quarterback, and I don't know how the coach Rattay. Dennis Rattay, whatever his name was, uh, Rat, <laughs> the Hall of Fame gotta, Tim Rattay, the Hall of Fame Tim Rattay, and Dennis Erickson, who I like, allowed that to happen. So I, I thought he was a if you. If I were on the committee voting for the Hall of Fame, I would never have voted for Terrell Owens because of the the, the danger he was on a team and how bad he was. That's, That's right. how I feel. That's right. That's right. Yeah. E- Ethan M says Brock leads in so many quarterback stats, it feels surreal. It does. It does. It does. And I and I think it's important to remember he probably wouldn't on just on every team. So it's tough to gauge on this offense, how much is it him? How much is it Kyle? How much is it the supporting cast? It's all of them. They're all doing a great job right now. All of them. Right. And what's more, that's how a team should be. Yeah. It should be all of us. Yeah. We we were down on Kyle for a very long time. And again, we're going to get to the test for him, but he's doing a great job this year. Um, I want to say about Kyle, it's only five games. It's the best coaching that I've ever seen him do. And it's among the best coaching jobs I've seen in the league with the proviso that it's only five games. And we're going to come to that later. But so far, I want to say so far when I watch these games, the Niners are a pleasure to watch. They are a pleasure to watch at, at how they're executing and how clever they are. And his play calls are a pleasure. And I also want to say Wilkes, his play calling is a, a pleasure too. He's doing yeah. a hell of a job as a defensive coordinator. Yes, he is. He's doing a great job. Shout out Steve Wilkes. Nicole uh, says, I always look forward to watching this every week. Papa Cone reminds me so much of my late father who I lost too soon to cancer. Hug him every day, Grant. Hugged I'm yesterday. sorry about your dad. I'll get it he did. He, I'm sorry. He, he'll hug me today. I'm sorry, Nicole. Uh, KOSZG says, did it look like Kyle may have copied the design of the flea flicker that the Lions ran earlier on Sunday? I did notice that. It was the same exact play. Do you think it's possible? Well, I'm sure they have it. They both have it. I mean, he was in, it was in the playbook. Hey, look, God love him. I, I, my attitude is you should copy from the best people. <laughs> you get credit. For yeah, I agree. But do you think it really works that Kyle could be watching? First of all, is he watching the 10 o'clock game? Did he see the Lions game? Did he watch it and be like, oh, I like that play. Let me draw it up and install it right now and call it in this game. Like, they probably had it the same exact they play. Probably had it. play. Yeah, I they probably had it in there. I, I could tell you something funny. Um, players don't like coaches and assistant coaches don't like coordinators to make up plays the morning of a game because right. you won't have any chance to practice them. You just right. make it up. And you couldn't do it on the field. Well, when George Seifert was a defensive coordinator before he became the Niners head coach, Mm -hmm. he was such a maniac. He was making up new plays the morning of the game. Let's say Mm. the game was one. He's making up plays at 10 in the morning. So what the other defensive coaches would do, they'd hide in the bathroom, they'd hide in a the closet, they'd, they, they'd go out on the field, they'd go anywhere where George couldn't buttonhole him so that he wouldn't be able to install new plays that no one had run. And I know that, that is, for a fact. That is remarkable. That is remarkable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's really, they just knew their coach. Ethan they knew says, Q- yeah, they knew. I'm not going to stick around. If I just avoid him, it, it, it won't be a problem. He's nervous. <laughs> right. I don't want exactly. him to pass his nervousness off to me. You be nervous. 
You're making me nervous. Ethan M says QB is about efficiency, not flashiness. And who's more efficient than Brock? He's a top MVP candidate. What winning quarterback didn't have a supporting cast? True. I think it's just, and it was the same question with Joe Montana. I mean, I wasn't alive, but I think a lot of people at the time felt like, would he be as good in another system or is he perfect for the West Coast offense? Well, I mean, like the Raiders didn't want him. No, he wouldn't have been good in the Raiders offense, but for what Bill uh, organized around him, he was perhaps the greatest quarterback who ever lived. Right. And maybe Brock Purdy will be like that for Kyle Shanahan. Like, I don't think he'd be good for what the Eagles try to do on offense. Jalen Hurts is perfect for what the Eagles want to do on offense. But for what the Niners want to do, Purdy's perfect. Could I just interject one thing before we get on to more comments? Didn't you put up a thing on Twitter? I can't do it? No, you can't. You can't. can't, can't. Okay, thanks. Didn't you put up a thing on Twitter yesterday? Who's better, Joe Montana or Brock Purdy? And it was close, right? Uh, 10,000 people plus voted on it, and Montana eked out the victory with like 52% of the vote. 52. (laughs) So here's what I like to say. I really enjoy watching Brock Purdy play, Um, and he's very good. I don't think he's Joe Montana yet. Now, maybe a lot of these people hadn't seen Joe play. Joe won four Super Bowls. That's a big deal. And so I think we ought to tap the brakes on on Brock Purdy being in the Joe Montana class or the Steve Young class for a little while yet. Well, let's stay there for a second because this has been the number one comparison I've seen on the internet. Brock Purdy has a lot of Joe Montana. I think I've even said that before. But I've never... I, I was born in 1988. My, the first season I remember watching was 1994. I was a big Steve Young guy and Jeff Garcia. I didn't watch Joe Montana. You covered Joe Montana. Obviously, Brock Purdy has 13 career games and Joe Montana has four Super Bowl victories, so you can't compare their resumes. But in terms of how they play the position and how they get the job done, could you indulge us a little bit, maybe compare and contrast? Well, okay. I'm not going to put down Brock Purdy because I love how he plays. And he has some certain qualities that Joe... Um, what Joe did, he put the ball exactly where it needed to go. Like if he was throwing to Dwight Clark, he put it between the eight and the seven every time. So his ball was perfect to catch. I think it wasn't just accurate. It was like perfectly placed exactly where it needed to be. Yeah. And I I've told the story before years later, Bill Walsh was watching tape of Joe. He's going to do some honor thing for him at a banquet and he called me he said Lowell he, I'm I'm looking at Joe again he just put every ball where it had to be and you could hear he had fallen in love with Joe all over again years later right. um Brock Purdy does that some of the time doesn't yeah. do it all the time he in yeah. the last game he didn't do it all the time no. um Joe did it all the time Brock yeah. Purdy they say well he his arm isn't all that strong but he makes up for it Joe's arm wasn't all that strong but it was stronger than Brock Purdy's it was. It was stronger yeah. than Brock Purdy's. In addition, I saw any number of games where Joe was behind. Mm. And you have to say, is he a winner? Mm-hmm. And Joe, not always, but most of the time, reached the crisis moment and he's a winner. We're going to get to this later. We haven't seen that in Purdy yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen it. He so, almost never plays with a with a deficit. Right. But he will. The point he is will. he will. So the, so the point is, when I watched Joe, I wasn't rooting for Joe and I wasn't rooting against him. But I had the feeling, this is a winner. This is a winner. This guy is going to win. find a way to win this game. 
and he did. Okay. Right. I mean, you know, he, he, there were other great quarterbacks in his era. You know, the guy in um, Miami, yep. Dan Marino, yep. or War, Warren Elway. Moon, Elway. Kelly. Joe was better. Joe yeah. was better than these people. And what's more, if you made a list at that time rating the quarterbacks, Joe would come out number one. This kid yeah. isn't there yet. This kid isn't right. there yet. I think what's interesting, people forget, they look at Joe's skill set and see a similar skill set to Purdy, although Joe's bigger, faster, stronger, but still similar. What made Joe, Joe, um, Joe cool is that when he was losing late, that's when he played his best. All of his best moments were him down, chips down, fourth quarter, what are you going to do? He comes through. I mean, like Brock Purdy has never had his chips down ever. Right. He got hurt one time that was terrible. He came back and he's still improving, but that's waiting for him at some point. Yeah. Unless he goes 20 0 this year. I, I look at Joe Montana like Muhammad Ali. He would win the fight, he would win mm -hmm. the game, mm -hmm. you know, and he would do it in his own way. Yeah. Absolutely. He was, he was at that level as an athlete. Yeah. And we haven't seen that from Brock yet, but we, he, we may at some point. Yeah. That's a, thank you for giving that comparison. Not many people. That talk about the Niners really saw Joe Montana play. You got to be at least 40. I'm think. at least 40. At least you're 45. Jeremy Price <laughs> says, I think we have a damn good quarterback. Also, Purdy deserves us speaking good on him rather than the previous quarterbacks. Chip, Tom Sula, Jimmy, Voldemort, Lance, gone. Voldemort, wow. He's the most fun quarterback to watch since Garcia, for sure. Purdy. No question. No question. Who's better? I, I love watching Brock Purdy play. I love how calm he is. I love how fast he uh, conceptualizes the field. I love how determined uh, he is and throws the ball where it should go. It's a pleasure to watch him play. And Iggy, you've said it, but I'll reiterate it. It's a pleasure to watch Kyle Shanahan make plays for this young man. It is. Kyle it is. is comfortable. I was going to ask you about, we, we compared Brock to Joe. I think another interesting comparison is Brock and Garcia. Uh, Garcia was really good too, and he was he was about Brock's size in terms of height. He was not calm like Brock. No, Garcia was frenetic, and I liked it. He yeah. had the like the the, the happy feet. His, he was always moving his feet. He was, I think, an even better scrambler than Brock. He could really move. Um, he never had a defense like Brock Purdy. He never had a running back like Brock Purdy. He did have T.O. And he had Rice. Who hated, who hated him. Hated and T.O. who hated him. Um, I loved watching Garcia play. Ira Miller called him a chaos quarterback. He was like Russell Wilson. He was great in chaos. Yeah. When the play broke down, he was still going. He had a better arm than Brock Purdy. He was certainly um, a, a, um, and a better scrambler, better runner. Stronger. Uh, probably probably stronger, all of that, yeah. a tremendously underrated quarterback in uh, in 49er history. And you and know what? A really good guy. Yeah. And no disrespect to Steve Mariucci, but, I mean, Steve Mariucci is in Kyle Shanahan in terms of play design. I really feel like Kyle – look at how easy Kyle made things for Jimmy, who isn't that good. I mean, he yeah. is making things easy on all of his quarterbacks in a sense. And I think he – you know, Jeff Garcia, if you put prime Jeff Garcia on this team – he would oh have been my phenomenal. God! Phenomenal. 
he would have been phenomenal on this team. Phenomenal Absolutely. This team. And I can tell you that Bill Walsh loved Garcia. He had, when he came back to Stanford, he had Steve Stenstrom, a lovely guy, and they beat San Jose State and with Garcia there. And, but Bill had seen him and Bill had a filing in his head of the quarterbacks he wanted. And, and he went to bat for Garcia. I can also tell you this when Stanford beat San Jose state, you know, Terry Shea, who was Bill's offensive coordinator had been the head coach at San Jose state. And afterward I, he went into um, he's, I think he might've gone into the San Jose locker room and Garcia saw him and broke down into tears. He was an emotional um, guy with a lot of feeling. Garcia was, that was different too about him and Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, there's almost no emotion. Yeah. If you ask him a question, he'll always go, yeah, yeah. Meaning he's, yeah. I'm taking yeah. it in. Yeah. And he answers. Yeah. Um, he goes, yeah. yeah. Um, he, yeah. But Garcia acted in life the way he played. He was yeah. full of passion and emotion. And yeah. one time, Iggy, I got to tell you, I never told you this. I was interviewing him one-on-one. -on -one. You could really do it in those days. I could interview the quarterback, and we were alone in a room, and I mentioned something about San Jose State. Jeff Garcia broke down in tears again. Yeah. And I thought, I didn't think, oh, this is not manly or whatever. I thought, what a great guy that yeah. to have all these feelings. And I wouldn't have a feeling that Brock Purdy is going to break down in tears. Either approach is great, but I, I, I really thought Jeff Garcia – both played and lived at, in a certain way that I found attractive. Yeah. The, the, uh, the Brock Purdy, um, personality on the field is much more Aaron Rodgers ish bored. So yeah. confident he's bored. Like he's open. He's open. Bra and Brady he's was open. like that too. Brady was yeah, like that too. Very much and so. Montana was like that. Yeah. Michael Silver's new member. Thank you, Michael. The bad guy says Eagles are better last year all over. Just wait. Well, we'll talk about that. Well, Jeremy yeah. Price, peace and love to you both. Wouldn't want anyone else covering. Thank you, Grant, for your hard work day in and day out for years. Papa Cone, damn great job. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Office of Jed York says, hey, Grant, the skeptic in me thinks the Browns will be the true test for Purdy Kyle. D is ranked number one and coming off a bye. Dallas defense is Fugazi. Um, we're we're going to talk about that. We're yeah, we're right there with you. The, the PO says, Grant, your next poll should be Scott Bull versus Blaine Gabbert. Huge fan, Papa, Papa Cone. Not Thank sure who you. Scott Bull is, but okay. Zach Rivero says, thoughts on Micah's comments. Debo responded, BT Dub. I don't even know what happened. I, I don't know. Yeah. Hold on. Micah. Let me see. Micah Parsons. Debo. Samuel. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, if we see them again, just trust, and we're going to put it just like that, I ain't going to put too much on it. That's Parsons. What does that mean? It was already personal before the game started, and now 42-10. I don't think you want to see us again. It might be a little bit worse, Samuel said. So, um, I don't know. Parsons says, like, if they get another chance, like, this time they'll actually win. I, I don't, I don't oh. really see it. I mean, I think the, the Cowboys know they're not as good as the, as the Niners at this point. Also, when you lose, you shut up. You shut up. Say, you don't say, oh, we're going to beat them next time after you just got your ass kicked. You yeah. shut up. Yeah. Let's run it back. You lost by 32. <laughs> We get to run it back. You're not on the Niners level. Go away and practice. Really? Go back to Dallas. Jacob Shields says, what's Purdy's trade value? Yeah. They're going to trade him in a pig's eye. Forget it. No, it's a funny, it's a fun, it's a fun academic theoretical question. Uh, 
a first-round pick? How about that? It's hard to get first-round picks. Uh, um, I mean, for a top-10 quarterback in the league? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're yep, not yep. going to trade him. So, I mean, the whole the whole offense is based on him. Agree. Justin Morrison says, do any of these uh, quarterbacks you take over Purdy, do any of the quarterbacks you take over Purdy uh, shrink Kyle's playbook? How many quarterbacks can truly unlock Kyle's book? He's smart, 3.8 GPA. That's a good question. He's a, he's a great fit for what Kyle wants to do. He can r- r- boot left, boot right, all the quick stuff. Smart guy. Okay, let me let know. me ask you a question. Um, the guy in Kansas City, would Kyle have to um, diminish his playbook for the guy in Kansas City? No. I don't think so. How about no. the guy in Buffalo? Would he have I to diminish I think it actually expand it. You could actually throw yeah. the ball more than 20 yards down the field. Sometimes. Yeah, I think those two guys would expand it. And I'm not putting down Brock Purdy, but the guy asked the question. Justin, good question. Okay, last thing. Uh, they'll move on. Dazza says, Parson was talking about Kittle's F Dallas shirt. So apparently, here this is an article on uh, SI.com. Great website. The, rel- the rivalry between the Niners and Cowboys only intensified this week as San Francisco blew Dallas out on Sunday night football. Entering that game, though, both sides were clearly fired up as George Kittle wore a shirt that said F Dallas while playing in the game. After seeing Kittle's shirt, Cowboys pass rusher Micah Parsons sent a message to the Niners saying that the San Francisco made the game more personal than it had to be and that they shouldn't want to play Dallas again. Okay, I got something to say about that. Uh-huh. Um, I think Kittle wearing that shirt in the face of the Dallas players before the game had absolutely no class, and he did. He he brought the level of the game down. Now I don't care about Micah Parsons' response, but I have problems with Kittle. Again, I never yeah. met him. He wants to make himself the center of attraction all the time. He By does. doing that, he he knew what he was doing, and he was making himself the center of attraction. You know what? F Kittle. Just play <laughs> the goddamn game, and don't be disrespectful to the game. And he was being disrespectful to the game. That's how I feel. I don't like what he did. And if Parsons was pissed, I understand. That doesn't mean that they could beat him the next time. That you know, it's ridiculous. But if Kittle really did that, grow up. Yeah, to your point, he wants to be the center of attention. He does this for national TV games, like when they play Arizona on a one o'clock. Uh, you don't hear from Kittle. He, you don't see Kittle on the field. I mean, he's not catching passes. But when it's Sunday Night Football, he's not just f- uh, integral to the game plan. He's making news with weird stuff. So I agree. Like, stop doing Like, we talked about how Ayuk's not a diva. Oh, yes. And I want to tell you, <laughs> this one is, and I want to tell you something else, Ziggy. I've never spent any time around Kyle, all right? If one of Bill Walsh's players did that. Walsh would say, go in the locker room and change your shirt. Yeah. We don't go down to this level. We don't right. do this. Change your goddamn shirt or don't play in the game. I know what I've right. seen it. it. It wouldn't happen. Yeah. We're going to talk about a standard in a minute. That's part of it. I yet. Yep. Yep. Niner Matt says Parsons comments were caused by Kittle's shirt. Thank you very much. Nicole says Kittle wore the F Dallas shirt under his jersey that Plummer wore in the 90s. And Micah said that made it personal. I guess Gary Plummer did it too. Interesting. You know what? A Cal graduate. He shouldn't have done it. FT Niner fan LA. It's just juvenile. So shout out Grant getting Pops AirPod Pros. Yeah, <laughs> you got some good ones. All right, let's talk. Let's talk about the standard. George Kittle fell beneath it with that T-shirt, but the Niners this year seem to have finally found their standard. They're not just beating teams; they're annihilating teams and reminding the league every week just how good they are. 
And then they talk about the standard after the game. What does a standard mean to you? Okay, let's first say, if, I wasn't at the game, but I listened to all the post-game stuff from the auditorium when they bring the players in. Kyle said, he used the word standard. We're playing to our standard. And it was the first time I ever heard Kyle use that word. And one of the players did, Iggy. It might have been Warner. I'm not entirely sure. Let's say it was Warner. But mm -hmm. there were two people who said, we play to our standard. I had never, ever in the Kyle Shanahan regime heard anyone say that. If people listening or watching um, say I'm wrong, please correct me. When I covered Bill Walsh and when he was the head coach winning three Super Bowls, he would talk to the team and to the media and he used the word standard all the time. Mm -hmm. It was a significant concept for him and mm -hmm. it meant we are the 49ers. We don't care who we play. We play to our standard. And if we play to our standard and behave to our standard, we will win. Yes. What happened was you would go into the locker room when you really could go into the locker room and hang around with the players. And I would be there and Ronnie Lott would say, you know, Lowell, in this game, I'm not thinking about Cleveland. I'm thinking about my standard. I have to go out there and play to the 49er standard. And Steve Young said it all the time. Lowell, I have a standard to live up to. There was Joe. There was Bill. There's the 49ers. We are the 49ers, and we play to a standard. In addition, and this is crucial for people to hear, in the locker room, there were standard enforcers. Mm -hmm. If they felt a player was not playing to a standard, or was not behaving to the standard, Ronnie, Steve, Harris Barton, and others would say, this is not how a 49er plays. This is not how a 49er acts because we have a standard. And in order to be an elite championship team, yeah. you have to all have internalized that standard. So when I hear them talking about the standard this year, this season, I should say, this season, I feel they finally arrived at a, at the doorstep of a championship team. I agree. Because it's that important. And it's interesting. Like I feel like a lot of people on this team had the standard for a while. It seems like Kyle has a standard, maybe. Fred Warner has a standard. Um, Trent Williams has a standard. Brandon Ayuk has a standard. Christian McCaffrey's new. He clearly has a standard. Brock Purdy's new. He clearly has a standard. But, um, you know, last year, Debo Samuel had a tough year. He didn't have the standard last year. Debo, and now he's got it now. And, you know, I think, go ahead. I don't think he has it now. Well, because he's, he's approaching you, it. Yeah, he's approaching it. He doesn't have it. Because if you look at JTO Sullivan a few weeks ago, he shows you how on True. plays where he's not, Debo's not going to get the ball, he half-assed it. And yeah. anyone covering him would know he's not involved in that play. Um, that's not the standard. So I, I would point. give use check credit for the standard. I would yep. give Trent Williams credit for the standard, but you know what, Debo, you need to step up for the standard. Agreed. That's how I feel. Okay. And let me say one more thing. I feel like a big reason this team didn't have a standard the last six years is, you know, it comes from the coach. It comes from the locker room. You have to have standard bearers, but the quarterback's really important, dad. 
It's the most yep. important person in the organization, more than the coach. And I don't think Jimmy ever had that standard. I agree. He was he was he was uh, content to be good enough. From what yep. Kyle said, he didn't really contact him in the offseason. It didn't seem like he really took the job as seriously as Brock does. He made the same mistakes all the time, and he was content to just win by a little bit. But that's not the standard. The standard isn't just beat the other team by one. The standard is we have the best offense in the league. We have the best defense in the league. We're going to prove it every week. No matter who, we play. And that's the what they standard do is I have to live up to Joe and Steve. Yes. And Jeff, they came before yes. me. I'm yeah. I'm honored to be in their line. That's right. the standard. And Iggy, I want to say one other thing. I don't think especially the offense had the standard for a long time, but the defense has. Because oh. of Fred Fred Warner. Mm-hmm. Fred Warner is Ronnie Lott. Yes, he you is. get the feeling if you don't live up to the standard, he, he's going to let Get you know face. about it in your yeah. face. He plays with the standard, and I think he enforces the standard. And I would say more than Bosa. Bosa embodies the standard. He's always in good shape and plays hard, but he's an independent contractor, it seems like. I agree. You know? He's an he's a yeah. freelancer, right? He's an independent yeah. contractor. Well, um, who, I, he, But number 54 has a standard. Yeah, who takes more ownership of the team than Warner? Right. And no I think... The three defensive coordinators, Salah, um, Demik De- 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 Ryan's, and the new yeah. guy, I think they all embody this standard. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and so in a way, what we're saying is the offense is finally catching up to that level of play and con- the concept of the standard. We're the 49ers. Yeah, and I think, again, it comes back to Brock. Big time because Big time. the the Niners quarterback spot is a glamorous position. Mm. Like the court, like the Cowboys quarterback spot. When you're the Niners quarterback, you're a celebrity. Not many football players are. And I think for the last 10, 15 years, the Niners have had sort of not Alex Smith, but some sort of like celebrity quarterbacks who didn't work as hard as Brock, like Colin Kaepernick, celebrity quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, celebrity quarterback. Uh, Trey Lance, kind of a celebrity quarterback. He didn't even play that much. But Brock hasn't gotten paid much. Can't get an extension until after next season. The way you used to describe Joe, Mon- or, uh, young Joe with the big playbook under his arm, diligently, yeah. humbly working all the time, that's how I see Brock. Brock. So. When I used to see Joe Montana up at Rockland when he was young, it, it, they didn't have computer screens. He used to walk around with this yeah. red loose leaf book. It must have weighed ten pounds, and I, it looked like an appendage of him. He he, like a, a cuddly blanket. He always mm-hmm. had it. Yeah, I feel like the quarterback. If you have a championship team, the standard is the quarterback should be the hardest worker on the team. You're the most yeah. mature person on the team. You outwork everyone, and Jimmy wasn't that way. Um, Brock is. Brock yeah, is. Brock. Brock's like about 45 years old, right? Yeah, Brock's more mature than me. He's 12 years <laughs> younger than me, and he's far more mature than me. I look at him walk around, I'm like, wow, maybe one day I can grow up and be like Brock Purdy. <laughs> Stop. Dead serious. He's an inspiration. And that's why he actually leads his team full of grown men. Like Everyone looks at him like, wow, what a driven, mature man. I'll just yeah. take notes. Kirabel Tedesi says, any updates on Cam Latu and Danny Gray? Latu's out for the year. Uh, I don't know when Gray's coming back. And even if he does come back, I don't know that they'd have a role for him on the team. Niners' daddy says, does Purdy's play remind you more of Joe or Steve? Joe. Joe. 
KOS as KOS ZG says, did you see Kittle's shirt? 11 was res, uh, responding to that. Did see it. Thank you. Daz says, is Warner Greenlaw now on the level of Willis Bowman? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Kittle's shirt would have ticked off Coach Singletary. Absolutely. Uh, I love that. Oh, I love that comment. Thank you. Singletary was not a great coach. He was a great guy. He is a great guy. He was a Hall of Fame player, and he had the standard. And he yeah. wouldn't have wanted Kittle to cheapen the game because nope. they honor the game. The game yeah. is something sacred to them. What what Kittle did was cheap shit. I'm sorry. I had to say it. Okay. This is the title of the show. The test for Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. So far this year, it hasn't come. We thought it was the Cowboys, and then we realized, no, that's the same team that lost to the Cardinals. So they're 5-0 and with no sweat, but what is the test for these two guys? Okay, let's first say what a test is. Yes. Um, I believe in sports as in life, tests come. <laughs> in life, they come more than once. Uh, yeah. you, get knocked, you get knocked to your knees several times in every lifetime, and mm -hmm. The best you can do is get up and stagger forward. Yeah. In, sp in sports, you get tested. As good as they are at 5-0, and oh, they're probably not going to go undefeated. I mean, if they do, what a story. But I don't – It you lose games. And yeah. so there, there's going to come a time when they may lose a game or the Niners will be behind in the fourth quarter. Uh, maybe behind uh, two touchdowns and they have to speed it up and come from behind and win. Um, we have not seen that this season. It's been relatively easy for them. No games are easy, but it's been relatively easy for them. So the one thing that we, we are going to see and we need to see how does the quarterback and the coach, how do they respond to the crisis moment? Now, they should want to face the crisis moment. Then it's not like, oh my God, we're going to have it. No, winners know there's going to be a crisis moment. Face it and get past it. And yeah. as, a, as a former journalist, I want it to happen so I can see what are you made of. Are yeah. you a champion? A champion responds to a crisis moment. And that would be a dramatic moment in the season. They haven't had it yet. I'm not saying they won't respond. I'm saying I want to see how they respond. Was that helpful, Iggy? Yeah, and let's separate Brock and, and Kyle because Kyle's okay. 43 and Brock is 23. Kyle has been in two Super Bowls and lost both of them. Kyle's had crisis moments, and each time he's gotten to them, he's failed. Yes, he but has. He's still 43, and I'm calling that young because I'm 35. And I feel like... If Kyle Shan, this might be the year where where Kyle Shanahan reaches the crisis moment, it doesn't fail. Right, he may not be doomed to failing every crisis moment, or maybe he is. Maybe that's his flaw, or maybe it took him all those failures to finally come through now. And if he comes through at forty three, you figure, man, you got a lot of time left to to succeed and not fail. So that's huge for him. And then for Brock. He hasn't failed a crisis moment. He's never been in a crisis moment. He got his arm ripped off in the first drive of the NFC Championship game and never got to get to that point, but it's waiting for him. Yeah, 
um, their, their cases are entirely different in terms of the crisis moment. And everybody knows what a crisis moment is. If you don't know it in sports, you know it in your life. Everybody has crisis moments. The kid quarterback has not had one in that regard. He's still in the garden of Eden. He's yeah, totally. He's totally as innocent. long as things are going great. He's going great. But that's not right. how football goes forever. Or life goes for when, when things go bad. What do you do? What do you do? So what do you do? One him. It's it's an, uh, really when you want to look at it as he's in his innocence and eventually he's going to be in a world of, of experience, not innocence. Yeah. How does he get past his innocence and become Peyton Manning? Yeah. Uh, and what's interesting is Kyle is not innocent. He lost his innocence a long time ago. He knows right. how cruel the world can be if you're not up to the moment. And he hasn't been up to the moment in a lot of years. But this year he might be. Uh, he has to right. prove it, though, because we've seen Kyle a lot. When things are going great, Kyle's great. And things are going great right now. The Niners are, are actually one of the healthier teams in the league right now. What if something happens to McCaffrey? Do you have an answer for that? Right. And what if you're behind in a game? Or what if you're ahead in a game against a really good team in the fourth quarter? Do you know how to handle victory? Do you know how to bring it to a victory? He couldn't do it as an offensive coordinator with, with Atlanta, and he couldn't do it with the Niners. He had a lead in the fourth quarter in both those games, right, Iggy? Certainly. And, and those were his crisis moments, and he flopped. So what we know is two things. He has a history of flopping in the crisis moment. That's not good. That's no. not good. But we're saying he is not doomed to do that again, that he has all the freedom in the world to have learned, to have mm -hmm. gotten up off his knees and to to overcome whatever crisis is going to come. It could come in the Eagles in the playoffs. Um, and what I'm not saying he's going to flop. I'm saying I want to see him enter the realm of hero. And yeah. He's not there yet. Enter the realm of hero who overcomes the dragon or the, the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and he and eventually it'll happen to him. What I think is so interesting about life or the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, the thing that you can't explain feels like you are tested a lot. Oh. And sometimes you pass the test and sometimes you fail. When you fail a test, it doesn't condemn you for the it doesn't necessarily condemn you for the rest of your life or eternity. A lot of times the universe will keep presenting the same test to you in different ways. I love and it. And you're it's like groundhog day, like you're stuck and you either become a victim to the test and boohoo that life is tough and never move on and keep failing the same test or you um grow up and get yourself out of it and pass the test. And Kyle hasn't done that yet. Nope. But he may this year, or he might not. It's very interesting to see. And I'm rooting for him, just as I'm a human being, him. man. As a human I, being, do it for all of us, Kyle. Yeah, because we all need to pass the test after we've been down. We all need down. to pass the test, yeah. And, and I'm even going further and saying, I hope he feels that way. I hope he feels there's going to be a test. I welcome it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill it. I'm going to yeah. just murder it. I hope he feels that way. Yeah. Then you got Brock, who's never had a real test before. Like, what's that going to no, be he like? Yeah, right. You don't He's know. He's in the Garden of Eden, as I say. Yeah, he just thinks everything's great. Like, everything is easy. Yeah. He's always going to win. Man, yeah. the longer he stays in that Garden of Eden, the tougher it's going to be for him when he gets kicked out because he doesn't get to stay there forever. Kyle's not there.
no one ever gets to stay there forever. That's the condition nah. of life. You get kicked out yeah. of innocence. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so interesting to watch Brock right now because it's like the whole world can see like, man, that's a guy who's right in the Garden of Eden, right? Wow, look at him go. 23 years old, still there. Isn't that wonderful? Now enjoy it. And he's never enjoy noticed it. That, that there's a snake sn slithering around. He hasn't noticed it yet. No. Now the snake originally was Hassan Reddick ripping his arm off, but <laughs> he came back. He came back from the but serpent. He's still yeah. there. The serpent, yeah. the serpent is waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hold on. Kittle's shirt would have ticked off. Singletary, Steve. Brock came back down 10 points in the third quarter against the Raiders in the road last year. Showed he had it in him down two scores early in his career. Great. We'll see. You're comparing beating the Raiders. Beating the Raiders, what, be, yeah, Raiders okay. isn't getting out of the Garden of Eden. It's not exactly what Joe Montana did, but hey, all right. The Niners may actually have a test this week. The Cowboys weren't a test, but the Browns... I, the Browns are better. The Browns uh, have the number one defense in the league. They're giving up 3.8 yards per play. They're not giving up many points. They've given up three points in a game twice this year. And they have Miles Garrett, who has five and a half sacks through four games. They also have Deshaun Watson, who's been injured. And he's been through, you know, but he's the kind of quarterback who gives the Niners problems, kind of guy who can get out of the pocket and throw the ball down the field. Okay, here's what it's I an interesting want to game. Back. Also, they're coming off a bye week, and it's going to be in Cleveland. It's a 10 o'clock start for the Niners. Those are all the things going against them. I want to say something interesting. Mm -hmm. Gr Grant and I, we go over our topics. We did it last night, and then we talked this morning, and we, we went over our topics again. And I'm looking at the topics, and I said, we haven't included Cleveland. We had all this standard and the MVP. And I said, Iggy, don't you think we should talk about Cleveland? So here's the point. For the two of us, we overlooked the game. Yeah. It was like Cleveland. We, yeah. we didn't even think to talk about the game. Now, I can tell you that Kyle Shanahan is thinking about the game. I know coaches. It's not like he's saying Cleveland sucks. You know, we're going to do a minimal effort. He's planning against them as if they're Philadelphia. God love them. That's how coaches mm -hmm. are. But mm -hmm. Grant and I completely whiffed on the game. So um, it shows that we think the Niners are going to win. And the game is in a way unimportant, a stepping stone, something like that. And I do think they're going to win. Until they lose a game, I'm picking them every week. Having said that, you don't win by not playing. You have to right. go over there and beat them. And I think we had the wrong mentality. Like, we acknowledge that the Cowboys were frauds. Not a real test. But I think maybe the Niners think that they... The Niners seem to judge them. So they, they mean, that rivalry means so much to them. And beating the Cowboys means so much to them. You see with, with Kittle in his shirt. I'd hate to think that the Niners feel they've proven themselves. And that, the, that they've passed their test. And that, that they can cruise now. Because... Cleveland's a bigger test than, than Dallas. Cleveland on the road coming off a bye uh, at 10 a.m. It's a bigger test than Dallas. Like Dallas isn't going anywhere. Cleveland has the might have the best edge rusher in football at Miles Garrett. He's really, really, really good. And that Deshaun Watson, I think he's better than Dak Prescott, who's a he's terrible. I think you're making a really good point. And I'd like to phrase it in in my words. Mm -hmm. The coaches are taking this game very seriously. Like it's Philly the coaches, the maybe not the players. players. The players may be different. The players may be 
we're really good. We've arrived. We've Thank arrived. You. We've arrived. And that can happen in a locker room. That's why coaches must police a locker room. Correct. To say, you know what? I'm worried about this game. I'm really preparing. You know what? You need to also. That's uh, you didn't prove anything against Dallas. You have to reprove yourself every Sunday. That's why Kittle's uh, F Dallas T-shirt sends the wrong message. It's not about Dallas. No, it's about They're the not. standard. It's about the. St- it's not about Dallas. And last year, after they beat Dallas in the in the playoffs, the Niners were so proud of themselves. The next week, they laid an egg against the Eagles. Like that's the test. You want to talk about yeah. the test? The Philadelphia Eagles are the test, not the Dallas Cowboys. So they were so proud of beating Dallas that they really weren't mentally prepared, any of them, for that game against Philly. And I'm afraid that's going to happen again. Like, and even after they lost to Philly, uh, they went to there was this thing called the ESPYS, which is like the ESPN Sports Awards, like the Grammys. Freaking George Kittle was there, did a whole like singing routine where he talked about beating Dallas, like anyone cares. Man, you lost to Philly in the NFC Championship game. So I'm talking about beating Dallas. So I really hope the Niners don't think that that's an accomplishment. Arizona beat Dallas. Move on. You know, Iggy, the more you talk about Kittle, the more problems I have with him. I do. He wants to be the center of attention. He's focused on the wrong things. They beat Dallas. Who cares? Who cares? Um, Who cares? And that T-shirt he wore can you imagine Steve Young wearing a T-shirt like that? No. Steve Young, Young would Brent respect Jones. the Brent Jones. They would respect the opponent. Jerry Rice. They would res- the, the re- opponent deserves respect. These are yeah. your peers. The game deserves respect. And what I think uh, th- this kid Kittle does. First of all, he's so self-involved. I I I can't imagine. Uh, what it's like, and he lowers the the level of the game. <laughs> he lowers the culture of the game. And Iggy, I don't like it. You know, I wonder really what the what his um the other players on the team feel about him. And you Kyle, know, and Kyle, and Kyle. Again, I'm not there, but I always didn't like people who wanted to be in front of the parade, who wanted to be. <laughs> Right, like that in front of the parade. I'm, hey, look at me, 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 look at me. Look at me. Fred, Warner isn't like that, and Warner's a more important player on the team mm-hmm. than Kittle. Warner has such dignity, such gravitas, yeah. yep. such maturity. Who would you rather have dinner with, Kittle or, or Warner? Warner. Yeah. Kittle, you'd have to laugh at his jokes, which aren't funny. Yeah, you'd have to laugh at his jokes. You'd have to tell him what a privilege it is to have dinner with him. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my my impression of George Kittle. My impression of George Kittle is that he doesn't like me, but he likes bantering with me because he thinks he's funny and wants to prove it to himself because he thinks I'm funny and wants to like go back and forth and have a little moment. It's like, no, I'm sorry. You're not that I would also say I want to extend the, the having the dinner metaphor. If you had dinner... You and I and Steve Young, he would ask about us. Yeah. Uh, Grant, how's your show going? Lowell, what's it like in retirement? He actually had interest in other people. Do you think Kittle would ask uh, Iggy, uh, how's it going with you and uh, Lowell? What, what are you doing in retirement? No. You know, Steve no. Young, Brent Jones would do that. Yeah. 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 One more thing. I want to make a comparison. Kittle. Kittle is 
one of the best tight ends in Niners history. And yep. he's a complete diva and no one calls him on it. Everyone's, oh, what a, what a character. What a character that George Kittle is. All right, all right. So another great tight end the Niners had, Vernon Davis. He got the diva label too early in his career. Mike Singletary called him out. Never, ever, ever called attention to himself ever again. And people still think of him as a diva and don't think of him as one of the Niners' greatest uh, players. They, they think Kittle's better. But Vernon Davis had 63 touchdowns in his career and Kittle has 34. I just want to point that out. Like Vernon Davis was a more productive, less self-involved tight end than George Kittle. Vernon Davis. That's very interesting. And I, I would say when I would talk to Vernon Davis, he would give honest answers. Mm -hmm. uh, he would go deep inside to give answers. Mm -hmm. Kittle, I feel, is performing. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Staley was someone who'd go deep inside to give an honest answer. Wouldn't you agree? No question. Kittle, uh, I don't know him, but I feel he's performing. He's trying to project a certain persona, uh, you know, wild child, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I would absolutely agree. Yep. Uh, I think we got a couple more of these. Matt McEwen says, looks like Watson isn't going to play shoulder issue. Love the show. Keep up the good work with the legend of QC. I thought he was uh, medically cleared. We'll have to see. That was Gary Plummer shirt from 94, says Matt McEwen. All right. Oscar says that shirt was an homage to Gary Plummer. He wore it. Okay. Wait, is, does uh, he even know Gary Plummer? He doesn't How do you know, know he knows Plummer. Gary Plummer? How do you know yeah. he knows him? Jad is Jad says Greenlaw hits um, with holy retribution and sanity. He really Williams hard. Ricky Williams says Brock got compared to Montana this morning by Rex Ryan. Curious of Papa Cohen opinion on that. We did that, but yeah, what do you think? Okay. I I gotta tell you something. I have a problem with the whole Ryan family. Yep. Buddy Ryan and his They're not kids exactly and, serious. Yeah. No, I, I, they're they're blowhards. It, it's uh, yeah. it, in the family, they're a bunch of blowhards. Yep. That's all I gotta say about that, Dad. That's the cone zone. It's eleven fifty seven on a Tuesday in October in America. And you are leaving the cone zone, everyone. Thanks for watching. We'll be back same time, same place next week. I love you, Dad. I'll call you in a minute. I love you, Iggy. This was fun. Thank you. This was fun. See you soon, guys. I'll be with I'll be on with Larry today at four o'clock. Larry Kruger. <laughs>